from the Bible book, Esther. The point of reference, Xerxes spelled X-E-R-X-E-S or Xerxes is defined in the NIV Bible, a transliteration of the Greek form of the Persian name Kashai Yarshan. Xerxes succeeded his father Darius and ruled 486 until 465 BC. There were 127 provinces. The Greek historian Herodotus records that Xerxes' father Darius had organized the empire into 20 satrapies, satrapies satraps, the rulers of the satrapies are mentioned in 3 and 12. The provinces were smaller administrative units. Esther became queen in 479-478 in, in chapter 2 and verse 16 through 17. after Queen Vashti was deposed in 484 through 483 BC. The Greek historians call Xerxes' queen Amistris A-M-E S-T-R-I-S They record her influence during the early part of his reign and as queen mother during the following reign of her son Arta Artex Arta Circes in Ezra chapter 7 verses 1 7 and 11 through 12 and 21 until the time of her own death about 420 
four. Art Artaxerxes came to the throne when he was eighteen years old. Therefore, he was born about four eighty four or four eighty three, approximately at the time of Vashti's disposal, deposal, since he was the third son of Amestris. The name Amestris cannot be identified with Esther and must be viewed as a Greek version of the name Vashti. Comparatively, little is known of the late portions of Xerxes' reign, nor is it possible to determine the subsequent events of the life of Esther, apparently after Esther's death or fall from favor. Vashti was able to reassert her power and to exercise a controlling influence over her son. Continuing Esther Chapter 1 Queen Vashti deposed This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. Xerxes, who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. Hmm. Think about that. At that time, the king Xerxes reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials, the military leaders of Persia and Medea, or Media, the princes and the nobles of the provinces were present for a full 180 days he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty when these days were over the king gave a banquet lasting seven days. In the enclosed garden of the king's palace, for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa, the garden had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords of white 
linen and purple material. Two silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink in his own way, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. Queen Vashti also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes on the seventh day. When Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, Mehuman, Bistha, Harbona, Begath, Abagath, Zathar, and Carcass, to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king. Karshena, Shathar, Admatha, Tarshish, Mores, Marsena, and Memukan, and seven nobles of Persia and Media, who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti, he asked. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Then Memu Khan replied, In the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces 
of King Xerxes, for the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and Median women of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Then, when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice, so the king did as Mamukan proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in its own language, proclaiming in each people's tongue that every man should be ruler over his own household. Chapter 2 Esther Made Queen Later when the anger of King Xerxes had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, Let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful girls into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the girl who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This advice appealed to the king and he followed it. Now there was in the citadel of Susa 
a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, named Mordecai, son of Jael, the son of Shemai, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Among those taken captive with Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This girl, who was also known as Esther, was lovely in form and features, and Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many girls were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. The girl pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven maids, selected from the king's palace and moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Every day he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. Before a girl's turn came, before a girl's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh, and six with perfumes and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, 
She would go there and in the morning return to another part of the harem to the care of Shah Ashkas, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the concubines. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. When the turn came for Esther, the girl Mordecai had adopted the daughter of his uncle, Abihail, to go to the king. She asked for nothing other than what Hekai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the tenth month, the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet. Esther's banquet for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with royal liberality. Mordecai uncovers a conspiracy. When the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, but Esther had kept secret her family background and nationality just as Mordecai had told her to do for she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up during the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate Bixana and Teresh 
two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. And when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were hanged on a gallows. All this was recorded in the book of the annals in the presence of the king. Chapter 3 Haman's Plot to Destroy the Jews 3. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel or pay him honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, Why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, they cast the purr, that is, the lot, 
in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people dispersed and scattered among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom whose customs are different from those of all other people and who do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them and I will put 10,000 talents of silver into the royal treasury for the men who carry out this business. So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamad Atha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Then on the thirteenth day of the first month of the royal secretaries, then on the thirteenth day of the first month the royal secretaries were summoned they wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the kings, satraps, the governors of the various provinces, and the nobles of the various peoples. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and little children.
on a single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so they would be ready for that day. Spurred on by the king's command, the couriers went out and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. Mordecai persuades Esther to help. Chapter 4 When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend her and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So, Hedak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. 
Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to urge her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court Without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life but 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai he sent back the answer Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time 
as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Chapter 5 Esther's Request to the King On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king. In front of the king's hall, the king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance when he saw Queen Esther standing in the court he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand so Esther approached and touched the scepter the tip of the scepter then the king asked what is it Queen Esther what is your request even up to half the kingdom it will be given you if it pleases the king replied Esther let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared as they were drinking wine. The king again asked Esther, Now, what is your petition? It will be given you. And what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom it will be granted. 
Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet. I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. Haman's rage against Mordecai. Haman went out that day happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, calling together his friends and Suresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and the officials. And that's not all, Haman added. I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to the to accompany the king to the banquet she gave. And she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate, his wife, Sarash, and all his friends said to him, have a gallows built 75 feet high and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai hanged on it. Then go with the king to the dinner and be happy. This suggestion delighted Haman and he had the gallows built.
Mordecai Honored, Chapter 6 That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bikthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him. His his attendants answered. The king said, who is in the court. Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about hanging Mordecai on the gallows he had erected for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him what should be done for the man the king delights to honor. Now Haman thought to himself, Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king, For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden one with a royal crest placed on its head then let the robe and horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princess let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets proclaiming before him this is what is done for the man The king delights 
to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So, Haman Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Saresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife Suresh said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him you will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuch arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. to be continued in the next session. The King